over the last 10 years, we've improved our technology and understanding in the field of interventional cardiology. Uh, and we now know how to treat coronary artery disease, complex coronary artery disease and left main stem disease a lot better than we did previously. And we need to understand our role in treating left main stem disease properly. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the uh, ECR podcast on um, a recent trial paper, that, uh, review paper that was published in the European Cardiology Review Journal in 2021 entitled The Excel Trial, The Interventionist Perspective. My name is George Hunter, I'm a consultant interventional cardiologist at Bedfordshire Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust and I'm here just to talk about that review article and what it contained. So I've got no conflict of interest to, uh, to declare. Um, and just to talk about why the Excel trial was an important trial, uh, it's one of the most recent randomised controlled trials that's looked at the assessment of treatment strategies for left main stem disease in the context of coronary artery bypass grafting and PCI. And why is that important? Left main stem disease is a very important entity given the significant proportion of the myocardium it attends, and therefore it's very important we know how to assess it and manage it appropriately. Left main stem disease is picked up in about 5% of diagnostic angiography cases and previously coronary artery bypass grafting has been the gold standard therapy of choice and this is based on older evidence and data. Over the last 10 years we've improved our technology and understanding in the field of interventional cardiology uh, and we now know how to treat coronary artery disease, complex coronary artery disease and left main stem disease a lot better than we did previously and we need to understand our role in treating left main stem disease properly. The older data we had was registry data, and this demonstrated equivalence between MACE and coronary bypass surgery in PCI in patients, but demonstrated higher rates of stroke with coronary bypass grafting and higher rates of target lesion revascularization in the PCI group. Following on from the registry data, the older randomized control trials, including the Syntax trial, demonstrated better outcomes with coronary bypass surgery in patients with high lesion complexity, as judged by the Syntax score, but otherwise similar outcomes as the registry data, with higher rates of stroke in the coronary bypass group and higher rates of target lesion revascularization in the PCI group. The XL trial itself was an international open-label multi-centered non-inferiority trial and it randomized 1,900 patients with low or intermediate, com intermediate complexity disease as judged by a syntax score, so under 32, and it randomized 950 patients into the PCI arm using Zion's drug eluting stents and 950 patients into the coronary bypass group arm. The primary endpoint of the study was a composite of death from any cause, stroke or myocardial infarction, and this was using the SEAI definition of myocardial infarction, and we'll come on to that in a bit. And the findings were first published at three years in 2017. The secondary endpoints were a composite of death from any cause, stroke or myocardial infarction at 30 days, and a composite of death, stroke, myocardial infarction, or ischemia-driven revascularization at three years. The inclusion criteria for the trial included unprotected left main stem disease with a stenosis diameter of over 70% requiring revascularization, or a stenosis diameter between 50 and 70%, but one or more of the following being present. One potential was a was non-invasive imaging evidence of ischemia in the territory supplied by the left main stem, an IVUS minimal lumen area of under six millimeters squared in the left main stem, or a pressure wire assessment giving a fractional flow reserve of under 0.8 in the territory of the left main stem. <clears throat> left main equivalent disease was also recognized. 
And there had to be clinical anatomical eligibility for both PCI and cabbage in the patient selected. And the patients had to be able to give consent. The exclusion criteria were split between clinical and anatomical exclusion criteria. The clinical exclusion criteria included any previous PCI to the left main stem or previous coronary artery bypass surgery, and also any previous PCI to any other coronary lesion in the one year prior to randomization, or the need for any concomitant cardiac surgery other than coronary artery bypass grafting, or in the context of a recent MI. The angiographic exclusion criteria included a non-significant left main stem stenosis, so under 50%, a high syntax score of over 32 indicating complex disease, a small left main with a reference diameter of under 2.25 millimetres or a large one being over 4.25 millimetres, and that the heart team didn't feel that there was equipoise between PCI and coronary artery bypass grafting. The demographic of the patient group selected had a mean age of 66 years old, over 75% were male, nearly 30% were diabetic, and the mean syntax score of the group at the local site assessment was 20.6. When reassessed at the crawl lab analysis, however, the mean syntax was 26.5, and around 20% of these patients met high score criteria with a syntax score of over 32. Just over 80% had distal left mainstem bifurcation disease, and there was a high adherence to guideline directive medical therapy in the treatment group. The five-year follow-up was pretty impressive and achieved over 90% in the PCI group and, and also in the coronary artery bypass group. The three-year primary outcome data was published in 2017, uh, with the primary outcome occurring in 15.4% of the PCI group and 14.7% in the coronary artery bypass group, so fairly equivalent. The five-year data was published at TCT in 2019 with a primary outcome occurring in 22% in the PCI group and 19.2% in the coronary artery bypass group. There was a similar incidence of cardiovascular death and myocardial infarction in both groups, but ischemia-driven revascularization was higher with PCI, as was a higher death from any cause with PCI. With regards to the secondary endpoints, there was a higher risk of all-cause death in the PCI group at 13% versus 9.9% in the coronary artery bypass group. There was equivalent stroke risk and myocardial infarction rates. And ischemia-driven rascalization, again, was higher in the PCI group at 31.3% at five years and 24.9% in the coronary artery bypass group. With regards to the primary outcome over the five-year period, there were three distinct intervals uh, with 0 to 30 days having higher events in the coronary artery bypass group, as you may expect from a peri-procedural perspective, with 8% of the group having the primary endpoint occurring versus 4.9% in the PCI group. The second intervals between 30 days and one year, and there are similar events between the two treatment groups, with 4.1% having the primary outcome in the PCI group and 3.8% in the coronary artery bypass group. The third interval was between one to five years, and there were higher events in the PCI group at 15.1% versus 9.7% in the coronary artery bypass group. So the overall point of conclusion from the study was that there was no significant difference between PCI and coronary artery bypass grafting, the composite outcome of death, stroke, or myocardial infarction at five years, patients with left main stem disease with low or intermediate anatomical complexity, as judged by the syntax score. The early benefits of PCI due to the reduced periprocedural risks were attenuated by the greater number of events during the follow-up period, such that at five years the cumulative mean time free from adverse events 
or similar from both treatments. Based on the results of this, initially from the three-year data, the ESC and European Association of Cardiothoracic Surgeons published guidelines for myocardial revascularization in 2018, giving a class 1A level of evidence for both PCI and coronary artery bypass grafting for left main stem disease with a, with a low complexity of coronary artery disease and a class 2A indication for PCI when the coronary artery disease was intermediate in complexity and a 1A for coronary artery bypass grafting for that patient group. However, following on from this, from the five-year data, uh, there was quite a lot of controversy brought about after data was leaked from the trial to the BBC Newsnight show. And they assessed the data using the universal definition of myocardial infarction rather than the SCAI definition. And they found that there was an 80% increased risk of myocardial infarction within the PCI group. And the Society for Cardiothoracic Surgery and the American Association of Thoracic Surgery wrote a joint letter to the New England Journal of Medicine expressing concerns over the conduct of the trial and its conclusions. In particular, it also commented on the inferior survival for patients treated with PCI in the Excel trial and that this did not receive sufficient emphasis. Both studies also raised the issue of potential conflicts of interest generated by industry-sponsored trials and how these should be recognised and mitigated by trialists, reviewers and editors. Definition, the controversy surrounded mainly the definition of the use of the SCI definition of myocardial infarction rather than the universal definition of myocardial infarction. The ESC also withdrew its support from the joint guidelines for myocardial revascularization from 2018 due to the concerns over misleading results. There was also concern under the under-representation of the higher rate of all-cause mortality detected within the PCI group. The authors responded to this, stating that it was an underpowered secondary endpoint and therefore statistically uncertain. The Clinical Events Committee adjudicated the excess to be due to non-cardiovascular deaths. Currently, the XR trial is undergoing an independent review by the New England Journal of Medicine and the Cardiovascular Research Foundation, and hopefully we'll get some more information with the results of these. The reasoning behind the authors using the SCI definition instead of the universal definition for myocardial infarction was that they felt it was the best available evidence linking biomarker abnormalities, subsequent mortality in large clinical trials, and therefore avoids ascertainment bias and uses the same criteria for both PCI and coronary artery bypass grafting, and avoids tabulating MI events that are small enough not to have a clinical impact, and therefore permits assessment of MI events that are likely to be clinically relevant. However, the third universal definition of myocardial infarction was a pre-specified secondary endpoint in the original Excel protocol. Post-revascularization myonecrosis was assessed after PCI and coronary bypass grafting by using serial measurements of CKMB and defined using an identical threshold for PCI and coronary artery bypass grafting, with CKMB elevations over 10 times the upper reference limit within 72 hours or over 5 times the upper reference limit, with new key waves and geographic resolution or loss of myocardium on imaging. Troponin assessments were optional and according to the authors were collected only in a minority of patients, which seriously compromises the diagnosis of procedural MI using alternative definitions. The conclusions from the trial is that it's still undergoing an independent review following on from the controversy discussed above. The controversy has led to loss of public and patient trust 
with wide publication and escalation of concerns into the general media. It's also led to a deterioration in the relationship between the PCI community and the cardiothoracic surgical community. And hopefully, with the findings of the independent review, those relationships can be restored and strengthened. From a viewpoint of the PCI committee, the XL trial has demonstrated significant advances in the outcomes for patients undergoing revascularization for left main stem disease with PCI. And this should still be considered going forward uh, within the form of the MDT heart team when discussing optimal revascularization within this patient group on an individualized patient's basis with patient involvement. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. <laughs>